Sammy, you know why we're here today? Why are we here, Gabe? Because we need we need to talk about a whole bunch of things that happened. I love I love starting off uh, anything with we need to talk. We need we need to have a discussion. All right. Okay. About uh, 2003. You know. Right. And uh, 2003 gave us gave us a gift, and that gift was one of the most milk toasts, just easy to digest rom coms I've ever seen. How to lose a guy in ten days. Yeah. I mean this movie. <laughs> Uh, you know, if that's what you want, you want rom-com by the book, paint by the numbers. Mm-hmm. This is it. How to and, lose my attention in 28 seconds. Uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Just how basic this film How is. formulaic it is. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, but even within that, I, I think that we can, we can eke out a good hour of solid content, podcasting content. We're certainly going to try our hardest. We are. We're going to do it, man. Uh, this this was uh, cool. I, I loved going back and researching this time in history. You know, uh, the top one of the top songs was "Hey Ya" by Outkast. Yeah, you know, I was shattering the charts. I was dancing to that, getting sweaty in the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime I turned on the TV to watch like a video music award, uh, I'd see Madonna, uh, French kissing Britney Spear. That was another thing that happened in 2003. Mm-hmm. Madonna sort of handed handed the crown off to the next It girl with a deep tongue kiss. Uh, was there tongue in it? I don't remember tongue. I, you know, I'm going to say that uh, I'm an unreliable witness. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say there was tongue. Yes. Yeah, there was some deep Frenching. A lot of gloss was transferred from one pair of lips to another. Mm-hmm. Um, really sad year in comedy because John Ritter passed away at 54. Yeah, John Ritter was the best. And I grew up watching Three's Company all the time at home. Three's Company was my uh, alarm clock to tell me that I needed to go to bed because as soon as I would hear the theme song, my parents were like, you need to go to bed. Wow. Yeah. It came on at about 6 p.m. Like the sun wasn't seven, even down. 7.30, 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yo, man, peel off your Oshkosh bagashes and hop in that race car bed, Sammy. Yeah, for titil- this titillating content is not for you. It was- <laughs> I remember my dad coming home from work and being like, "What? what is this idiot show? It's on TV right now. Oh, he didn't like it? He would roll his eyes when he saw me watching it in the living room. But it's classic. It's just classic formulaic comedy. Oh, it's great. If you want to learn how to write a comedy about uh, sort of um, like misconnections, a comedy of errors. Yes. It's perfect company. Perfect. Every episode, exactly the same idea. And Always uh, always a mix-up. Always an easy common mix-up. Yes. And yeah. hilarity ensues. That's right. That's right. It's funny that uh, they, they painted Jack uh, as a ladies' man on that show, and never once did I think that he would was going to get any any tail. Being a... Uh, well, he was kind of a, 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 a bumbling goof. Yeah. But very Constantly funny and charming. Constantly falling down. Always. You Perhaps, know, if the you Pat want... Fall King in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. If you want to watch good slapstick... Oh, he was he was fantastic at it. Sure, there's even a YouTube clip that I've seen recently where he does a improv with Robin Williams in like the late '70s, early '80s. He's in the he's in the crowd at a Robin Williams show, and Robin invites him to come up on the stage, and they play together. He was well known at this point, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, at least uh, yeah, I think John Ritter was always like a t- like a TV star. Yeah, he he wasn't really a big screen guy, except uh, he was in Problem Child. He was. <laughs> Which I loved. He was the dad. So, yeah. So, anyway, in 2003, uh, he passed away at 54 years old. Um, there was a hero in the news in 2003, and that hero was a 13-year-old surfer named Bethany Hamilton. And uh, she uh, is most famous for going surfing and becoming a snack for your favorite animal. A shark. A shark, right, right. Spawned a movie, Blue Crush, I think was the name of the movie. Uh, well, then there's also a, her, a 2011 film called Soul Surfer. Oh, maybe that was the one. I mean, I'm completely wrong. Sure. Did you follow her career? No. As a, <laughs> as no, a, I, a, a I lover up, of... A uh... lover of animals that eat people? I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, growing up in the East Coast, I wasn't very into surfing. Yeah, 
Yeah. But but into sharks. <laughs> That's right. Whenever we when we lived together, I, every time I walked in the living room, it'd be like another another shark documentary. I mean, you on. must have caught me during Shark Week, Abe. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. Uh-huh. It was shark year. And you were like, man, as soon as I get some vacation time, I'm going to hop into a cage and just have that cage submerged into the ocean. I'm just going to gonna give all these sharks blue balls. I'm still on it. Yeah. Still, uh, still a bucket list. Hey, homie, this is a tater tie you're never going to be able to get to. <laughs> just shake, shake my ass in front yeah. of it. Clamp on that cage. Clamp on that cage. Check out my uh, waterproof camera. Snap, snap, snap. While the upstairs people dangle uh, like a half of horse's leg. <laughs> Just to, just to get it riled up. <laughs> that's now. That's what I imagine happens when people go vacation on the Cayman Islands. Like after they drop off their their. Uh, all know. of your all of your uh, references are hitting very close to home because you know that I go down there. Yeah, you know, you you drop off a suitcase of gold bullion. Good doubloons. Like, well, my my uh, private jet isn't leaving till tomorrow. What do we do to kill the rest of the day? <laughs> Let's hop on this boat. That's uh that's got a, a freezer full of dead horse carcasses and a cage seems smart yeah why not antagonize the animal yeah i mean you know you just want to get them uh honey for the flies mm-hmm. and uh rotting uh chargers or arabians for the uh <laughs> for the hammerheads they don't have a preference when it comes down to uh, what type of half meat they're eating arnold schwarzenegger what about Arnold? He was elected governor of California this year. Yeah. Leading the way for uh, movie celebrities to dominate politics. He was before Jesse the Body? He was definitely around the same time right. as Jesse I, the Body. I, oddly enough, I kind of like both of them, even though I didn't agree with uh, most of uh, Arnold's party's issues and stances. He was a pretty progressive dude. Uh-huh. Likeable. Jesse the Body was a, 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 what was he? Green Party Libertarian? I'm looking him up now. He was the governor of Minnesota from 1999 to 2003. So uh, what happened, I guess, is that Arnold uh, said to himself, Jesse has claimed that he is the star predator, and he thinks he can lift more weights than me. And I am very competitive as well. So I'm going to now run for governor of a much cooler state. So really it was just, you know, it was it, they were kind of like the Larry Bird Magic Johnson. I don't want to lose any of our Minnesota following. <laughs> so Minnesota's great too, guys. Lots of lakes and stuff. Yeah, so great. So great. So anyway, but Jesse, he was mayor, I guess he was governor before uh, Schwarzenegger. Seems like it. And, and it seems like uh, maybe Arnold ran for governorship just to get back at Jesse, you know? Yeah. In the same way that, like, Trump sort of ran to become president to spite Obama. What was his, What was the platform? The CIA doesn't want you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> so basically, if you're in Predator, you have a solid leg into the political stratosphere. That's right. The yeah. only cast member from Predator that hasn't been elected yet is the Predator. Right. Or Chad Dukes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, don't remember who Chad Dukes is, but I'm gonna... He was a guy who's rib, um... Google Chad Dukes. Thanks. Sure. All right. Uh, Saddam Hussein captured. Oh, on a little note about that one, he was captured then. Um, a couple of other things there, uh... (laughs) They found him with, like, a, like a Ziploc bag full of baby carrots and a couple (laughs) lunchable snacks. Basically out of toddlers, (laughs) preschool snacks. (laughs) Um, that that was the year that obviously we we started a war uh, based on false pretenses. Invaded a country that didn't have anything to do with nine eleven. That's right. We handed out a whole bunch of playing cards to all the uh, U.S. troops because to the, I guess Iraqis all look alike, so they wanted to make sure that they sure. captured the the full deck, the Jack of Diamonds and yeah. the Ace of Hearts. Chemical um, Ali. We Chemical Ali. We launched the uh, what was first termed as the Operation uh, the Operation Iraqi Liberation, uh, which quickly changed uh, to Operation Iraqi Freedom because Operation Iraqi Liberation, the acronym would be OIL. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a little too on the nose as to why we were actually there. Not for freedom or liberation, but OIL. But that sweet, sweet, sweet Texas (laughs) black gold. Um, So that was a a kind of a 
a, a snafu on the government's part to name that uh, so on the nose. Yeah, we got him pretty quickly, you yeah. know, uh, and killed his sons. Yep. And uh, and he didn't even know what, what happened. He didn't really know what happened. Uh, this all started with the, Gulf, the first Gulf War, and he said, hey, uh, guys, I want to array, invade Kuwait. And the U.S. government said, hey, dude, whatever you want to do, uh, that's on you. We're not going to tell you one way or the other what to, you know, how we feel about it, which was basically tacit support for his invasion. So he was shocked when uh, the first George Bush got upset that right. he'd invaded Iraq in the first place. And, uh, the, and all of that culminated in this, him hiding in a cave and getting taken by, uh, by the U.S. government into captivity. Uh, and this also inspired Gaddafi, our good friend in Libya, mm-hmm. to, to, to announce to the world that he had no weapons of mass destruction. Oh, and, he was quick to jump off that train. Yeah, he was like, bro, bro, I don't have, I'm good. Just I'm in good. case you're wondering. Yeah, bring your inspectors in, no problems here. And then he became a darling in the press yeah. for a couple months. He was also like, very little oil here. <laughs> we have almost no oil. Yeah. Yeah, no, Lib- Libyans were friendly. You know, the only the only time you'll ever see us acting as terrorists or uh, is in uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, that's right, the Libyans. That's right. So, uh, so that gave Gaddafi a couple more years on this planet uh, before before he was lynched and murdered in the streets. <laughs> yes, by his own people. By with his own the people. Support of the U.S. government. Yep. We like to get our hands dirty in pretty much everything down there, out in that region. Yeah, so uh, what an interesting time this was. 2003, uh, we were right at the height of the invasion of Iraq. and um, Right at the beginning, really. Yeah, yeah. This, it, was all, it was all up. Everything was on the up and up at this point. There was an interesting story about a cat burglar named Leonardo uh, Notar Bartolo, uh, who was... I love cat burglars. I mean, this is a good story. He stole $100 million in diamonds... And in order to do so, he had to pass a lock with a, with literally millions of possible combinations, heat detectors, laser sensors. So basically, doing acrobatics, dodging all of that stuff, breaking an impossible lock. Uh, he was apprehended and caught about uh, eight hours later because he left a sandwich with his DNA at the crime scene. Dude, Quiznos. <laughs> it'll it'll do you in. Yeah. Oh, they cracked the case. <laughs> so nice work, uh, Leonardo. Uh, lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 don't, don't eat on the job and don't leave your DNA everywhere when you're literally doing the most amazing bank robbing job on earth. Yeah. Oh my god. Slight oversight. What a what a bummer that is. Um. So I wonder. It was worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see an interview with him today to see if he has any regrets. I'm sure we can find one. I, I know what his one regret. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a couple of hours before you pull the heist of the century. That's right. Yeah. Away Always from commi- there. Commit your crimes on an empty stomach, brother. Yeah. Uh, Plan well, ahead. So I guess that, you know, that that gives us the context for for this movie that we're going to be covering today. Yeah. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And uh, every time I think about this film, I mistake the title for 10 Things I Hate About You. Which is a far better movie that we already reviewed <laughs> right. several months ago. They both got the 10 in the name. Yeah. And I don't know how this title got out of uh, just like, you know, spitballing what the title should be. Yeah. Because it's way too long. Agreed. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And we, it's easy to say, though. It is easy to say, but you're, you're wasting a lot of ink. You know, putting this on every poster. Mm-hmm. I'm having. I was having a hard time typing up notes for this. Anyway, just with that, I was like, "What? What is? How can I abbreviate?" You this? can't even because of the numbers. It's difficult, Gabe. Yeah, it's too. It's we really too had much. to work hard, guys. H T L A J, not even a J. It's a G. H T L A G I T D. Too much. Too much. Yeah. So we got to find a, a short a shorthand for this. This movie, and let's uh, just call it ten days. You know, I saw this movie because I had already finished watching all of Narcos season four on Netflix, the Mexican one. Yes. Okay. And so this was what was next up on the queue for us. Little little palate cleanser. Yeah, a little <laughs> sorbet after all of that. Uh, after all those murders in Guadalajara, mm-hmm. I was like, "What is happening in Manhattan?" You just want to get your time murdered. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Now, and uh, I think the best thing about this movie is that it's mercifully short. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, when once I saw that it was eighty eight minutes because I was constantly either a looking at my phone or looking out the window during this film, <laughs> uh, I was excited that it was almost over. So people love it, though. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, Amber, and she said she'd seen she'd seen it a couple times as a kid, and you know, she had fond memories of it. And when whenever you look at like top ten lists of rom coms, this uh, ten thing, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, is is up there. I mean, I think this movie killed it at fourteen year old slumber parties. Yes, fourteen-year-old uh, girl slumber parties. Sure. Well, it stars it stars people who I I like. You know, I liked uh, Katie Hudson's in it, and mm-hmm. and I enjoyed her in Almost Famous. She was she really good in out, Almost Famous. Uh, two years before this, and she was like the the head band aid in that. You know, yeah, the alpha groupie, mm-hmm. the apex groupie, and uh, she really, you know, she was a, a, a powerful, independent young woman uh full of agency in in a world of uh bands which was tough usually it's like a boys club so it was cool to see her be you know a uh, interesting character in that movie and so riding off the heels of that fame she goes into this she's doing rom-coms and then matthew mcconaughey's in this as well yep uh loved him in uh a time to kill oh he's great in a lot of stuff days and confused sure uh, dallas buyers club wolf of wall street yeah, so he's Tropic he, Thunder. <laughs> very funny in that movie. He's great. So we got we've got two actors that uh, that are going to be. This is a vehicle for them and their fabricated romance. Uh, so okay, what could go wrong? Let's you know, let's jump into it. The script. Yeah, let's bre- break down what happens in this. We've got uh, Andy Anderson, and she is a played by Kate Hudson, and she is. Um, a journalist uh, who has some integrity, uh, and she has dreams about writing real stories. She's, about, she's like, got aspirations to write about politics and, and, and hard-hitting subject matter. Instead, she's working at uh, uh, an off-brand Vogue magazine called Composure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she pitches a story about how, uh, you know, what, what would it be like to date a guy and... Um, how quickly can you lose him using all of the sort of cliched mistakes that uh, women make in relationships? And I thought, oh, what is a cliched mistake that women make in relationships? Uh, faking a pregnancy. She doesn't do that, though. But that was the first <laughs> that I had. I think that would have taken an evil turn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But I guess, you know, within 10 days, it's hard, to, it's hard to even, you know, come up with that. You need, like, at least a month. Yeah, you know, it'd be... I mean, they also didn't touch other subject matter like sleeping with your the guy's dad. Right. Mm-hmm. They avoided that one. That's a big no no. That's how to lose a guy in you know, ten ten minutes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and uh, and so she's she's our uh, protagonist, and we've also got uh, Benny, played by Matthew McConaughey, and Benny, on the opposite end of the spectrum. He works in advertising. He's like an urban cowboy advertiser, something you've never seen before because they don't exist. That's right. Uh, yeah. If uh, Hell's Angels meets Mad Men. Right. And so he rides around on his motorcycle. He's got his leather jacket and he uh, works for a du- It's, I guess, uh, they, they mostly focus on guy stuff. Yeah, That's I didn't. His lane mm-hmm. is like he's a man's man. So like if you want like a statement watch or like the right brand of cigars to chomp on. That's what he usually promotes. Yeah. That's what he's all about advertising. Like softcore Maxim. Yes. And uh, he, Even wants softer to, core. he wants to get the coveted... Um, the diamond account. That's right. The diamond account. You got to... Yeah. Those are the clients that give you the most money. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's like these... His, his competition are these two alien-looking uh, ladies. They definitely look like aliens. Or yeah. like Siamese cats. <laughs> And uh, they they say that they are the best at um, br- at messaging and branding these diamonds and yep. getting the ads to win the hearts and minds of the the women who are going to buy the diamonds, I guess. And he says, "No, man, I ca- I got this. Uh, just give me give me the account. Uh, I know what women really want." And the challenge that he is given is. Uh, make a woman fall in love with you. If you can make a woman fall in love with you, then we will trust you with the diamond account because 
that's proof yeah. that you know how to manipulate people. I mean, this this movie encapsulates everything I don't like about uh, New York and America right now. Uh, shameless marketing and branding, blood diamonds, emotional manipulation, and, uh, and Nelly songs. <laughs> it's got it all. Right. So we've got uh, we've got uh, Andy, and she is gonna try to lie. Uh, she's try- gonna try to seduce a guy. That's her job is to seduce a guy and then lose him in ten days using uh, every. Uh, terrible sort of repulsing strategy possible and then on the other end uh benny his goal is to make a woman fall in love with him in 10 days Mm -hmm. so this is a very the song of ice and fire let's have her be as terrible as possible and him be as charming as possible now i mean what do you think is worse well i do like the idea of uh, if you if you can't handle me at my worst then you don't deserve me at my best and uh, I don't mean to That's be a, great a, a horrible person all the time, but um, you know, in a relationship, why why be fake? You know, get it get it all out there right off the bat. You know, if you if you voted for a terrible candidate, you might as well just say it up front. If it's a if it's a if it's a deal breaker, um, or like let's say you know all you love eating garlic, and uh, your potential partner hates garlic. Well, just find somebody that likes garlic. Yeah. You know? Well, there's also compromises. No. No compromises. All right. If she wants to... Look, if, you, if you're like, hey, I want to date and I'm allergic to cats, and uh, she says, I'm a cat lady, and I also love sugar gliders. I keep two, <laughs> su- I keep two sugar gliders in my overall uh, breast pockets, uh-huh. and uh, I've got four kittens. And I breastfeed my kittens. I actually take their mother's milk and I put it in a camel pack that I've sort of um, augmented to have uh, little nipples on it. And then I lie on my back and I have the kittens come up and suckle on the on the camel pack bladder full of cat breast milk. What the fuck? <laughs> then you gotta... <laughs> Look, you, you can't be with that person. Unless you unless you want to live on a steady diet of uh, that is school softening imagery, by the way. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> this is just Gabe and I spitballing, by the way. I don't think that was any of that was uh, written down. I'm trying to look, man. I'm just thinking about wonderful inventions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can't be with somebody if, if they're if they breastfeed their own kittens. I mean, that's just I mean, if you if yeah. you're allergic to cats. Well, those are two. It's a double. <laughs> that's double jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any, I've, man, I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, definitely don't hang out with people that breastfeed their own cats or have utter, yeah, utter Bjorns or, or whatever you, that thing is that you just <laughs> came up with in your head that looks like a, you know, six nippled uh, cat feeder. You meet somebody on Tinder, you go on a, a, a good, great date together. You mm-hmm. know, the chemistry is fantastic over three mojitos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you say you want to get a snack, and they're like, I'm actually vegan. And uh, unbeknownst to them, you've got your own chicken coop on your roof. Where you slaughter and cook your own chickens? That's right. And raise them? Poyo vivo. Like they were your own? And your the pillows in your apartment Stuff are filled chicken with... Chicken feathers. That's right. That is... Because you use... Mad Central American. Every part uh-huh. of the animal. Mm-hmm. The soup you make? Beak. Chicken bone broth. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're brothing the bones. Mm-hmm. That and that's a big thing here in Brooklyn. Bone broth. Sure, people love it. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's for good you. for you. Hey, exactly. There we go. <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about this uh, <laughs> this fucking movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, yeah. Well, one thing about this film that's interesting to me is that Andy, she, her office is in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. And one of the first things that happens is that she's got a meeting in the morning, and it, the whole staff is supposed to be there for the meeting, but her best friend is running late. What a very gender-exclusive staff, by the way. Well, yeah. I mean, how many how many uh, just sort of bro, bro-ish uh, nor- normative dudes are going to be on staff? At- I mean, I expected to see a few more gay men peppered in there. Yeah, sprinkle a couple more gay dudes in there. Yeah. Yeah, there's enough, and 
Okay, yes. Well, that's we're going to get we're, I want to get to that too yeah. because uh casting for this movie was kind of a problem for me. Okay. But uh before we get there, I just wanted to bring up this like weird situation that she has a friend who's running late and is not at the meeting. Right. And somehow she's able to uh to get to her friend's apartment that morning in time to get her friend out of bed and and make sure that she shows up to the all staff meeting. Mm-hmm. Now, you've commuted in New York. I commute in New York. The trains are a mess. It takes at least 45 minutes to get anywhere. Yep. So now you're thinking 45 minutes times two, that's an hour and a half, you know, without even thinking about just uh, all, all the other steps to get from point A to point B. And because uh, once she gets to her friend's apartment, she's got to get her out of bed. She's got to f- fix her up, you know, because she's still in her, her robe. Reeling from like a, a breakup. Yeah, and how many friends are that good that they're gonna they're gonna save your job like that? You know, that just seems a little too a little too sitcom. For well, me. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it is a movie, and you know, some people help. Yeah, I guess if you can't save your own job during a breakup, that's your fucking problem. <laughs> totally, I, yeah. I feel like in a job like this, it's, like, it's a little sink or swim. Yeah. And uh, also, her friend's apartment, it looks like she had uh, put up the wallpaper herself. It kind of looked like Meg Ryan's apartment from uh, You've Got Mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really comfortable. Sure. Cozy. Sure. Who has to? Who does that? Who who decorates their own apartments? You know, your landlord's going to come in and be like, what, what the fuck did you do? Did you just put wallpaper up? You're going to have to pay for all of that. You're losing your deposit. Again, suspension of disbelief, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time with yeah. it. I'm having a hard it's time. It's not like you painted your walls completely red or anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, ooh, that that is a low blow. Uh, and it wasn't just me. I know it wasn't you. I'm not blaming you. This is a, Sorry, that's way too inside. Yeah. There is an apartment somewhere in Greenpoint right now that looks like a uh, like a charnel house cave with the walls all painted red on the inside. Or like the inside of a fucking Valentine's Day candle. <laughs> Yeah, and every time the landlord comes over, he complains about it. Yeah. But, uh... In English sentence fragments. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, this, um, office for the magazine is in Times Square. What a nightmare place to have your office be. Yeah. And they don't show any of that. I wanted to see... I I think this movie, uh, uh, portrays a very sterile, uh, version of New York City, and... These were all places that were rife for humor or just adding extra texture. Like when they're walking through Times Square, I wanted to see sort of a heroin addicted Elmo, mm-hmm. you know, shuffle up to them, <laughs> <laughs> try to get in a photo yeah. with them, you know, or some uh, some uh, obese uh, tourists, like ask them where the M&M store was mm-hmm. and have them just uh, sigh and roll their eyes and point and then pan the camera over. To exactly where the bright sign that says M&M store is. You know? That would have been good. Yeah. Just any, any, just add, add a little bit more color to, uh, to the Times Square in front of the office. I think when people use Times Square in that sense, they just want to set the backdrop that it is New York. Yeah. I remember my first time visiting the city and I thought, I can't wait to go to Times Square. And now that I live here, you know, it's just... It's the worst place on earth. Yeah. When you visit New York, don't go to Times Square. When was the first time uh, you came here to visit? I must have been uh, 15. Okay. So Times Square was very different than... Yeah. I I mean, it was still... 90, 91. I mean, the first time I actually spent time walking around the city. 91, I think. Yeah, it was still... It was the 90s, but... um... It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, the the crime cap. This wasn't like uh, the Bronx is burning. Like no, people... it was just full of peep shows and video game arcades. Yeah, it was the tail end of the peep show era because Giuliani, I think, started making the city cleaner in like ninety three. A couple of years later. Yeah, I was here ninety one. I remember me and my friend who were like twelve. Sure. Walking around because his mom had an apartment right down there, um, and we would get approached by us Eastern European men. Handing us peep show flyers. Hell yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm 12. I mean, do I want to see it? Yeah. Oh, they weren't trying to hire you? I don't know. I thought they were trying to... Like, no, maybe... this seemed like a straight-up business deal. Yeah. Promotion. So, it is... Uh, yeah, so this is... It's there in New York, and it's... It's kind of... It's a very... New York is a mall. And I thought it was strange, because this was just two years after uh, 9-11. Mm. So there wasn't really a lot of... Um, 
it 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 didn't feel like the city had gone through anything traumatic in this film. Yeah, like business as usual. Well, all right, man. So I think uh, we can jump right into sort of the first date where these two people meet. You know, Benny and Andy. They they uh, they end up. They're both at this very sterile bar that yeah, I it just looks like to. a sex in the city set yes yes just this is Those like places the, exist though here just a white fantasy of like you know being um affluence sort of, uh yeah it's just yuppie nonsense mm-hmm. and uh benny shows up at this bar and he's he's talking to uh my man robert klein robert klein is in this and he's with the two siamese cat uh ad agency ladies and if you don't know who robert klein is he's um uh this is he was like the first uh, comedian that Seinfeld um, Seinfeld talks about him as sort of the first comedian to give that uh, everyday like observational humor that didn't feel like too uh, Jewish and wasn't slapsticky. It was just like an everyday man's perspective in stand-up. And so to have him in this sort of just playing a boss and playing it really straight is a waste of talent. I mean, there's so much the, the you know the the bit players in this film, the ancillary characters. Baby Newworth is a tremendously talented theatrical actor, actress. That's actor. right. She's kind of wasted in this as being like the stern boss. That's right. Yeah, man, give Lilith some time. Mm-hmm. Let her let her shine. Tom Lennon from Reno Nine One One was always funny. He had a couple of good lines. Adam Goldberg, who's always great. Yeah, who was who uh, was? This is his second time uh, sharing the screen with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, right, from Days and Confused. That's right. That's yeah. so true. So uh, you have all these this this uh, cast of um, you Super. know secondary characters is is full, just chock full of talent, and comedic not, talent specifically, not being used, just wasted. On Dude. we're watching fucking <laughs> the Knicks play the Kings like four different times. We talk about a garbage like matchup. like this movie is easy easily digestible applesauce. It's, yeah. And then all of Gerber. these characters, yeah, dude. It's, they, it's Gerber for your heart piece. Tom Lennon, uh, you know, Adam Goldberg, uh, Beatrice Newworth, and uh, Robert Klein. All these dudes are like filet mignon. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and, the, and, the, and you, you present that to the chef. Hey, man, I got all these filet mignons. What do you want to do with them? And the guy's just like, I know I'm going to make fajitas. I've never made hot dogs with expensive stuff before. I'm going to try to make hot dogs like this. Yeah, let's mask all the flavor. Mm-hmm. How about we just have some? Let's make some sliders. I'm going to put ketchup on it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, this movie. I mean, we we can go into depth about the plot. It's pretty, yeah, pretty straightforward. Well, uh, I liked it. Well, the meeting, the first meeting. So Benny, he like he's hanging out with Robert Klein's character, yeah. the boss, and and uh, and they and this is when he gives him the wager. He's mm-hmm. like, you got to make any some woman in here fall in love with you. And at the exact same moment, Andy is with her two girlfriends being all sex in the city. And they're like, okay, pick a guy. To lose in 10 days, to annoy out of dating you in 10 days. So bong. They're both in the same place at the same time. And uh, conveniently, their eyes lock. Yep. And they walk up to each other. And this is how... What do you think about this as a first date? A first pickup? I thought that it was very... uh, Sort of aggressive and confident on both ends. He's like, sure. you're hungry? She's like, yeah, I'm hungry. Let me get out of here. Yeah. Their choice to go eat, like, sh- shellfish with bibs on for their first date was odd. Hell yeah. Like, like two, like two cracking uh, at yourself. otters. Yeah, exactly. They're it's basically like... banging their food on rocks to yeah. open it. What's up, girl? You want to act like mm-hmm. we're, we're some aquatic mammals yeah. in, in uh, the Monterey Aquarium? And something that you can't wash off of your hands for two days, basically. Yeah. The stink. Shellfish. You, yeah, you like, you like this... Uh, Check out my crustacean fingers. Yeah, covered in uh, melted butter. Um, I thought that was a, a silly, silly food choice. Sure. Um, sometimes that's what you have a hankering for. It's true. I mean, I always I love shellfish more than anything, but I don't think I would go on a first date dressed in uh, fucking tuxes or whatever they were wearing for their for their evening out. Yeah, it seemed like an interesting choice. So they get along. Um, they're vibing. They're, they're, they're vibing. She's a smart, like beautiful, funny woman. And he's a tr- charming, affable Southern cat. So yeah, they seem to be getting along really well. Funny, uh, his Southern accent is—it's—it's uh, it's interesting in this. Well, it's Texas. It's different. It's like a slow drawl. That's right. He's got a drawl. That's how you talk. But uh, Benny's origin story is that his family lives on Staten Island. No, they're not from Staten Island. 
Okay. They're from the south, but they were stationed there because his dad was an ex-vet, and then there was some sort of naval base in Red Hook or Staten Island. Yeah. But they so, retired there. So they retired to Staten Island, mm-hmm. but he was raised in Texas, is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Because I just thought... He was raised somewhere in the south. I don't know if it was Texas-specific. I assume that he lived, uh, like, a New York City life, like he was in the movie Kids. Oh, no, his whole family had southern accents. Oh. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, I didn't pay any attention That was the only that. scene of the movie that I really liked, actually. The family was the best. It was yeah. the only, like, real character... Uh, how funny that you're like live in Texas your whole life and then you transplant your whole family to Staten Island, which is like places. the Texas of New York, kind of. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know, we just we uh, we all want to be around uh, just a bunch of uh, hardworking policemen and firefighters, and sanitation who, workers who vote red. All right. <laughs> hey, my neighbor's got a he's got an alligator in his pool. Why is Staten Island always synonymous with cops? Every time anyone mentions Staten Island or there's like a scene of Staten Island in a film, there's always cops involved. It's like yeah. they all live there. So all the cops and firefighters from New York live. Yeah. Well, it's, you know what? It's affordable. It, you get a yard. You get there's a yard. trees. Yeah. Great schools. If you don't want to go to Long Island, go to Long Island Light. That's right. And you're, clo- and you're close to Jersey, which is very important. Yeah. For just, you know, for even a better life. It's true. <laughs> really good tomatoes. And the shore. <laughs> the <laughs> uh yep so um mcconaughey's character benny they they go they have this date they hang out they eat some shellfish they go back to his place so they actually represent their themselves kind of this is this is the most uh this is them showing who they really are in the very beginning to sort of attract each other and then uh both with ulterior motives one to try to figure out a way to lose a guy in 10 days and write an article for uh <laughs> Composure magazine and Matthew McConaughey to tell them that they can woo a woman into falling in love with him in ten days. Yeah, the one thing they say at the beginning that gives them both an easy out is, uh, "Do you believe that all things are fair in love and war?" And uh, they both agree to that. So, okay, well, you know, good answer. She says, "Yeah, business is war, I guess." Yep. You know, so uh, so they're doing the right thing, and uh, and so this is where uh, I'm. I don't care about either character. I don't have a dog in this fight at all because. They both uh, are overqualified people helping the world burn by engaging in useless uh, business pursuits. Yeah. Like he is he's trying to get um, uh, diamonds as a client. And you brought it up earlier, blood diamonds. I'm like, what? Like that is the just the evil uh, industry. Everything about everything about New York that sucks is literally represented pretty well in this movie. Right, and and uh, and this is like a nice young, uh, independent, thoughtful woman that wants to talk about issues in the world, and she's working for a magazine that uh, just cranks out trash content that helps uh, sort of perpetuate all of the neuroses around femininity magazines can they create like a systemic cycle of making women self-conscious about everything about their appearance and while selling them copies based on articles of how to love your legs (laughs) and there's there's a so contradictory i thought something that would become a catchphrase later in the film they talk about in the pitch meeting in the very first uh pitch meeting for the magazine there's the one of her co-workers that uh that says what is it? It's she. She keeps bringing up different topics for them to talk about yeah. in the magazine, and it's uh, her catchphrase is something like "lighthearted, terrifying, but lighthearted." Right. And uh, that is that's it. it. That's it in a nutshell. It's like gaslighting your readers, <laughs> constantly making them feel scared. Yep. And then selling them the selling them the antidote. Yes. Yeah. So you're always being gaslit by advertising. Yeah. Or your president that time, remember? <laughs> Who's going to answer the phone at 3 a.m.? Somebody will. Terrorists are coming. Boom. Hire uh, me. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Which president are you talking about? Bush. Nice. Second campaign was basically like threatening the, the, the threat of more terror and why you need him in office. Yeah. Oh, that. That's, this is it. Um uh, Botox for beginners. <laughs> Terrible, but upbeat. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, how, do we, how do we feel about um, McConaughey's dating game? You know, he's out there. He's, he's, uh, he's got his motorcycle. He gets her to ride on a motorcycle. Yeah. That's always a good uh, for, first date activity. Oh, they're both bringing their A game. 
for the, for the first date. Yeah, kind of thrilling. Well, he's got to bring his A game the whole time because his his option is his 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 motive is to make sure. her fall in love. He's got a great apartment, exposed brick, mm-hmm. a five CD changing sound system. Yeah, those things are great. State of the art. <laughs> and uh, he cooks her a he cooks her a meal. He does lamb. Yeah, women interesting love joint. a baby sheep. Do they to eat? I think so. Okay. Christian ones do. The good Christians. <laughs> For Easter. That's right. Right. And, uh, yeah, he's, he does okay. I mean, I, I like, they go, they play, they watch uh, basketball. Again, I could care less. Sure. <laughs> Gabe's not a sports guy in case you haven't listened to any other podcasts. Ugh. And, uh, couples that care about sports together. Yeah. I, I wasn't on board with any of this. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go watch something, watch pro wrestling together. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made a much better movie. I would have been so happy. What if they were like, you know what we really, the one thing that we both love is... Uh, Ice capades. Mexican pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Not even, like they had it like going into deep queens. To yeah. Like a, like a gym. Like a luchador spot. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And they're like the only two yeah. uh, white people in there. It's a body shop that doubles as a wrestling venue. Yeah. And, and he's like, do you like elotes? And she's like, I love elotes. Yeah. With uh, queso fresca. That that's would have been when, that's really when good. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Get deep into New York. Uh and she she does uh what are let's see, what are some things she does? She puts plants all over his apartment. So she they 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 both have their hooks in each other after the first date. Um they've successfully wooed each other into into, into a, a genuine attraction. Um and now it's uh uh Katie Hudson's turn to um, really uh, uh, turn the screws yep. and try to make this dude crazy. Try to figure out the best way to lose this guy in 10 days, which I yeah. don't feel like is very hard. Also, how to lose a guy in 10 days, her tactics would um, would work on both genders. That's right. This is not a... <laughs> this how, to lose, like how to a lose a human being. Male versus female thing. It's yeah. a very... It's just like, dude, these are all just shitty things to do. Leaving somebody 17 messages in a row. That's. I mean, at this point, leaving somebody one message is 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 a no go, dude. If you leave this me a voicemail, I'm gonna resent you. Yeah, like, I, don't even think, I don't even know if I have voicemail. Yeah, just text me. Don't ever leave me a voicemail. I, like a minute of my life that I now have to spend listening to you talk. I don't even think we need to tell 2018 America to not do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, unless you know. you're calling an office. <laughs> yeah, text. You're better off sending a fucking pigeon with a note tied to its. I would read a mess a, a, a message from a pigeon. Dude, at least you put some thought into it and effort. Oh my god, yeah. Let's take it back. Let's go back. Yeah, let's all this fucking Bohemian Brooklyn shit. Let's just fuck, start sending carrier pigeons again. Artisanal texts. <laughs> uh, and she, uh, they, they uh, there's, they go see a movie together. They go see another rom com, which is very meta. Yeah, they oh, go see Sleepless in Seattle. Best thing about this movie was that it reminded me that we need to review Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. And uh, and and it made me think. Okay, whoever wrote the script did the homework. You know, they. I mean, watched... they'd seen Sleepless in Seattle before, or like <laughs> yeah. had, had actually seen like a rom com that was smart and worked. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she talks during the movie. The big nerd is super funny to me. I like that guy a lot. Who? Uh, well, when they're in the Sleepless in Seattle, they're watching the film. Oh, the guy that knocks him out. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just behind them. He's like, can't see. Can't hear, can't see now. <laughs> just very short, curt sentences that and sound just, like he's speaking in text. And then he lowers the boom. Uh, she calls uh, Matthew McConaughey's penis uh, Princess Sophia. Yeah, I never understood that. Yeah, you know, um, don't really, don't really care. You know, that's a weird, weird uh, quirk that he has that uh, his masculinity is threatened. By giving his penis a, a lady's name. Yeah. You know, not a big deal. Also, Whatever. these are both ridiculously attractive people. If so you're about like... to go down on me, you can call my dick Gertrude. I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Um, she gets him this dog that looks like it's straight out of Gremlins too. It looks like a science experiment. Yeah. Uh, that dog is dope. That dog scares the shit out of me. It had no fur on its body. It's a gremlin, and it had uh, like long, like long sideburns. Yeah. 
It had like it had like Hasid curl sideburns, but then it had like a shock of hair on the top, yeah. like an Andy Warhol. Yep. What a, I, I I was I don't I have no idea what breed that was, but it's monstrous. It's I mean, I'm gonna look it up. The later, ugliest but, dog um, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Some people love really ugly dogs. Yeah. Or like hairless cats. Nothing scares me more than a hairless cat. That's, that's I don't understand how you could how you can love, love that animal. <laughs> uh, that's a dog that you have to sleep with because only your body heat will keep it from getting hypothermia. Yeah, it's a dog that actually makes you colder. <laughs> I mean, why? Why? Um. Yeah. So. Um, one of my favorite things she does is at the movie. Is she, they're at dinner. They're at a vegetarian restaurant, and uh, she starts crying and uh, pronounces loudly that she thinks uh, that he thinks she's fat. Right. That's great. That was that was me. And that every he gets a, an awful look from every woman, a scornful look from every woman in the uh, quinoa place. Because after sure. he makes her lamb, she doesn't. She says she's vegetarian and starts crying. She goes. It takes him to a quinoa restaurant. <laughs> Meanwhile, kind of slips away and watches the game, which is all he wanted to do. Sure. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. And they can't DV- DVR these things? What's wrong with these people? 2003, the TiVo. Yeah. Uh, the, the dog was a Chinese-crested dog, by the way. Oh, thank you You're for welcome. figuring that out. Sure. Yeah. It was tough. I think that's going to be one of the Instagram pictures for oh, this yeah. week. Oh, uh, first off, one of the grossest uh, scenes in this movie... Non-dog involved. Non-dog involved. Non-dog involved. I think it's after they come back from this family trip to Staten Island where they play bullshit, which is a fun game and also the second meta uh, thing that happens in this movie. The first one is that they watch Sleepless in Seattle, but I think it's clever uh, and it showed the potential that was in in the actual script that they're playing a game called Bullshit About Lying and the whole film is about them lying. You know, it, it is it is calling out like the biggest cliche in all rom coms, which is at some point there's a decept people fall in love with the deception, and then in the in the second act you discover that your partner is uh, isn't who they seem to be, and then the third act is them reconciling, right, and deciding that they truly love each other. So the fact that they're playing bullshit, it's cool, but um, that's cool. It's you know, it's whatever. Okay, great, great. You're calling it. It's on the nose. <laughs> no, it was know. smart to do it that way. In the same way that uh, Operation Ir- Iraqi Liberation yeah. is oil. On the nose. They should have called the movie bullshit. <laughs> they could have literally, the cover of this movie could have been the two of them holding uh, cards in their hands. Yeah. Bullshit. Or when you were a little kid, remember they called it bullspit. Bullspit. Hell yeah. And then it would have been PG-13. Yep. I think and it already was PG-13. That is a much better... Uh, title than How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah. Bullspit. Uh, but the grossest scene for me, because, you know, I'm a little bit of a germ freak, is after this, they're both, I think, in Staten Island, and um, they're by his uh, motorcycle, and this uh, garbage, there's a, this truck rolls by, and, like, garbage water is in the potholes, and it sprays them. And uh, that is yuck. That's like one of my biggest fears is walking down a street in New York that's wet, and then uh, like a truck hitting a pothole. And oh yeah, splattering me in the face. Oh, I've heard I've heard your theory on women wearing flip flops or people in general wearing flip flops in the city. Yeah, don't do it. Oh, <laughs> gross! You're not allowed in my apartment. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, yeah, so I'm a hypochondriac. I know that's me, but trash water repels me all the time. And uh, then after they're both, like, gross and wet with trash water, they go to take a shower. And uh, they start making out with each other before they get in the shower. Yeah, with just uh, mad uh, radial fluid on their bodies. Yeah, just just licking, like, uh, like worm larvae, <laughs> oil, like, sperm water off of each other's bodies. It's disgusting. It's true. Anyway, um... Yeah, and then they go, after that, they, they end up going to this, like, gala where they meet uh, Mr. Delaware, who owns 70% of the diamonds in the world. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this, the movie should have been them 
assassinating this guy. Yeah, the head of the Illuminati. <laughs> right. He's like, I own I own mines full of slaves in South Africa. Baron Philippe Rothschild. Right, right. Diamond extractors are the evilest. They're like, dude. It, Modern day slave traders. I don't know what's more evil, them or child beauty pageant parents, you know? I would say them because they have money to influence. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, they they find out that there's, you know, that they were lying to each other. There's a really awkward karaoke scene. And um, eventually they get back together. There's we never a non-awkward happen. karaoke scene. Sure. I never want to see couples sing karaoke together. I don't want to see anyone sing karaoke. Dude, karaoke, it's it, it's um, um, holding someone emotionally hostage. <laughs> And the harder you try, the more uncomfortable everyone around you is. Take yeah, that. remember you, you, that, dude. You got to be bad. You can't be good. Uh, you can't be too good, but you can't be too bad. So you got to stay like right in the middle, on some Goldilocks. Like this porridge is just right with the level of skill you've got. And then you got to make sure that the song doesn't have a bad chorus to it, because you know you like the part of Beck's "I'm a Loser" where he raps, but then you don't want to sing "I'm a Loser, Baby" like fifteen times in a row. Ugh. Don't have a guitar solo in the song. That's always a nightmare. Yeah, what's the point of that? Now you just gotta like, you gotta do this little weird like liquid dance uh, during the guitar solo until you get to the chorus again. Or worse, you just stand there doing nothing while the solo happens and everyone's just staring at you. Oh, just kill yourself. It's, (laughs) karaoke's awful. Uh, There's some things I think could have made this movie better that I would have really liked. Uh, One is that... um, uh, Katie Hudson's character, Andy, says that she wants to write about interesting things. And uh, it seems as though throughout this whole film, she has no real interest other than basketball. And, like, there was no time where she and Benny ever talked about things that they really care about. You know, we're supposed to assume that she cares about politics. Because she wants to move to D.C.? Yeah, she takes a job in D.C. I love that. So gross. <laughs> you know, there's no buttons on her clo- on her clothes that say like she's pro PETA or that she's down with Amnesty International. She doesn't talk about politics at all. And this is 2003. This is the this is the war. It's happening right there and then. And if she really cared about issues, um, I would have liked to have seen some of that to texture this this story. I mean, this movie just is it's it sidesteps any matter of importance whatsoever it just it's a it's a bubblegum yeah romantic comedy and uh katie hudson is i think she is both cute and charming so i'm i will give her that and like i said i liked her in almost famous but um in this movie the character of andy is supposed to be also um very uh like act crazy act unstable act uh in ways that are unattractive and I think that an actress with more range would have would have really like breathed life into this character. Who do you have in mind? Faruka Balk. Faruza Balk. Yeah, Faruza Balk, man, fresh off the heels of the craft. I would have loved to see her in this movie play both like straight normie charming, and then go full like balls to the wall, like witchy. Hmm. Yeah. You know, cast that spell, enchant him. I think he just really like Faber's a bulk. I'm a huge fan. So uh, that would have been coming off the heels of like American History X and the Water Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Vint- vintage bulk. This movie has potential if they recast it, because you know Katie Hudson. Like I think she just uh, leans really into just the the hotness factor, and there's nothing less. Uh, funny than a hot girl that just like knows how to screw her eyes up. Also, like, guys that's basically are, uh, like her idea of being zany. Guys are kind of dumb and they'd probably tolerate a lot more of her shit if she's gorgeous. <laughs> well, so then that's the case for the the Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's also charming, you know, and she's got a, a decent sense of comedic timing, so it worked. Yeah, yeah. I just I She just, wasn't bad in this movie. M- yeah. And uh we never see the inside of her apartment. Also, very quickly, the fucking ad campaign, Frost Yourself, that is the dumbest slogan I've ever heard. What do you hear when you hear Frost Yourself? What do you think of first? Fuck yourself. <laughs> so I don't even know how they thought that was funny or good or anything. Yeah. Writing get, was... Get frosted. Subpar, at best. Um, I wanted to say she. we never see where she lives. Like, this is all... I just wanted more character development. 
you know, we, we see the inside of uh, Benny's apartment, but all we know is that she has a doorman. We see the inside of her purse, which apparently, according to McConaughey, holds all of all of women's uh, deep, dark secrets, which is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Yeah, you know where they keep their deep, dark secrets? Fanny packs. <laughs> so, you know, don't don't worry about the purse. You're just going to find that. You're going to find those uh, quirky things to throw you off the trail. <laughs> I mean, the depth throw of this film's meaning. Yeah. Ugh. Uh... This movie is about as deep and nuanced as the, the the main character's name. They named her Andy Andersonsky. Or, yeah. Mean, they just put no thought into anything here. Um, there's a white taxi cab driver. That's unbelievable. Well, they're the scariest ones. Right. You're like, whoa. You're one. Of, you're like a unicorn. You're the. Yeah. You're the last. Or white female taxi cab drivers. Whoa. <laughs> Super rare. Yep. Um, I feel like when it's like a white male cab driver, he always tries to give me a demo. Of his music. It's happened like three different times. Hell yeah. Yeah. He's like, check out my... my uh... And we're talking yellow cabs, not Ubers, because it's a whole different ballgame. That's right. Well, this was this was pre-Uber. It's so funny to see uh, a New York City just flooded with yellow cabs still. How much money, what kind of salary would it take you to work at the Composure office? I'd say uh, I would do it for healthcare. Sure. I'd do it for healthcare, uh, unlimited... Um, uh, monthly subway pass, uh, uh, HBO Go, <laughs> password. <laughs> You're really driving a hard bargain here, Gabe. Yeah, and uh, ooh, and uh, a month the uh, premium subscription to uh, Blue Apron. Are there different subscription levels to Blue Apron? I think you can do like a. Does somebody uh, come to your house and cook for you twice a week? But to Yes, if I could get a personal chef, personal chef uh-huh. to, but then the, their personal chef who's studied at the Sorbonne, you know, the Cordon Bleu, yeah, that's yeah. Dudes, Sorbonne. I think is an art school, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to paint and cook, you know, like a like an artist who has been forced at gunpoint to become a saucier. Uh, have and then and then have them come live at my apartment, paid for by Composure. But they, they have to cook me blue aprons. Blue aprons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all they get to use. That's all you get to eat is textile. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, this. so the thing is, is this is a very easy movie to watch. Um, you know, it's super light. I, would, I think that uh, these characters were just dummies, though. They're just basic, and they made me crave... Like a an unhinged Mel Gibson from What Women Want, or like a Michelle Geller from Cruel Intentions. Both far better films than this one. Yeah, more fun for us. More fun for us, and you know, I uh, McConaughey and uh, Hudson just play really boring, basic like Chad and Stacy's. So odds are, ladies, you've probably seen this movie when you were thirteen or fourteen at a sleepover. Sure. No, sure. Re- no real need to watch it again, guys. I dare you. Yeah, and 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 I think that there's something interesting there if you if they really wanted to explore what courtship could mean and what it what it means to uh, actually seduce someone else uh, of the you know to to become your life partner and their courtship the courtship in this film doesn't really illustrate any shared values or uh, any anything deep. Um, uh, there's no expressions of vulnerability. It's uh, based entirely on consumption, and uh, you know they're they're always eating, or they're watching movies, or they're going to sports games, and that's it, and that and like that's that's not a foundation. No, the fact that you both lied to each other and manipulated each other's feelings, and then one over the top uh, grand romantic gesture at the end gets it back. Yeah, unbelievable, Un- unrealistic. Sure. Well, that's uh. That's how to lose a guy in 10 days. I hope we didn't figure out how to lose your intention in, in an hour here. Yeah, I hope uh, Yeah, I hope uh, there was something in this for everybody. Um, and uh, we look forward to having you guys come back next week. We're going to have um, a whole new movie. I think we're going to be watching Set It Off next week. So if you have any questions about Set It Off, uh, you can tweet us at uh, the Eat, Pray, Judge Twitter or at our Instagram, also eat, pray, judge. And uh, I'm Gabe Pacheco. Sammy Hamarne. Don't forget to uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Yep, we love you guys. See you next week. Bye.